You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramat Yitzhak and Shizrael 5781, 2021. This week we don't have a Parsha, it's the last day of Pesach, and I'd like to share with you some thoughts about what does it mean, what is the concept of the last day of Pesach, the Jewish people go through the sea, the Yamsuf, it was seven days since they had left Egypt. And there they were facing on one side the Egyptians coming after them to enslave them once again. And on the other side was the sea. And who says to Moshe Rabbeinu, tell the Jewish people to go into the sea. They go into the sea. The water is split. And the Jewish people go through. They're called Yordayim, as we'll see in the Medrash. They go down into the sea. And there they are on dry land. They come to the other side. And they praise Hashem. Oz Yashir Moshe, a beautiful song. And it's a song that we're going to sing in the future as well when Mashiach, when the Messiah arrives. And I'd like to share with you a thought. Before I get into the thought that has to do with the last day of Pesach, that has to do with the Shira Sayyam, I just want to share with you one very small, quick thing. We're in the Yemei Hasvira. The Yemei Hasvira start from the second day of Pesach and go until Shuis, the day before Shuis. We count 49 days. And this is a time where we're leading up, we're getting ready for Kabbalah Satira, just like the Jews in that time, they, they went out of Egypt, and then 49 days later they received the Torah at Arsina, Mount Sinai. So too we are gearing up to receive the Torah, but this time has a, a special significance on the Jewish calendar for the last 2,000 years. So it doesn't go back 3,500 years, it goes back only 2,000 years. That significance is that we commemorate the passing of 24,000 students of Rabbi Akiva. We have a certain level of mourning, even though it's a happy time. We have a certain level of mourning, of sadness. We don't shave, we don't listen to regular music. Many people listen only to vocal music, just voices. And we can, I feel like it's important to take a note. Right now, as we finish Pesach, as we're about to go into the regular experience of the Sphira, that 24,000 students of Rabbi Kiva died in a, in a plague. In a plague. 24,000 students of Rabbi Kiva died. And before we experienced this, the plague we are currently going through, before we had this experience, I think it was hard to relate to it. Hard to imagine so many people dying such a small amount of time. Hard to feel anything for it. Great Sadiqim, okay, 2,000 years ago. But I think today we have a different understanding of it, a different view of it. And I think that it's important to think about it and to take it to heart. As we come into this time, Rabbi Akiva lost his students, 24,000. Can you imagine a Rabbi, a teacher, a Gadol Hador, he was the Balmaseira, he was the one who would give over the tradition to the next generation. He had 24,000 students. They all died in a very short amount of time. What a devastating loss, incredible loss. But I was thinking that he came out with five students. Five students after that. And those five students were to be the Bali Maseira, amongst them Rabbi Shem Bar Yechai. So those five students were to be the, the Bali Maseira, so even though he lost so much. But we never know. We think it's in the numbers. We think it's in the awesome, great deeds that we've done. We often can make that mistake. But... This is an aside. This is just a thought that I had. I was in Yerushalayim. I'm going to be back in Yerushalayim for Shabbos. And uh, I was driving back to Ramat Shemesh. 
in order to work on this podcast. And I, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this idea that you never know. You could do a small thing. Some people, you know, have impact on, on thousands and millions, and that's important. And some people have a smaller impact, but you never know who's going to be the great one. You might think 24,000, wow. I'm not belittling the deaths, those deaths. But we never know. I, f- I feel like that's a possible lesson that we can take out of that. It's worth thinking about and contemplating as we go into the Yumeha Sphira and also relating to that, de- to that sadness, that great loss of Torah scholarship. And I think it relates actually to what I'd like to share with you um, from the Shiraz Hayam. So we did speak about these words before, completely different idea, Zekeli, related to the song that I sang. But I'd like to share with you another thought, which is here in Parshas B'Shalach, in the end of the 24th section of Medjish Rabban Shmois. It says here like this, Zekeli van Veyu, Omer of Brechia. Brechia says, See how amazing it is, how great it is. See how great they were, those who went down into the sea. Moses was asking and begging Hashem, please Hashem, let me see your greatness. It's later on, chapter 33, verse 18. Moshe Rabbeinu begs God, please let me see, I want to see your face. I want to understand the deepest depths. Why is it that good things happen to bad people? Why do bad things happen to good people? I'm like, I want to see the big picture. God says to him, You cannot see my face. You can't see the whole thing. You can't see the whole picture. They were only able, I'm sorry, Moshe was only able to see HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as it were. We have to know what this means. But he was only able to see the big picture, as Chazal explained it, Gemara and Brachas. He was only able to see from the other side, from behind. From the, you know, Hashem passes by and then he looks. He's hidden until Hashem passes by, as it were. Kiviyachol, right? It doesn't mean literally. It's conceptually. But Klal Yisrael at, at, I'm sorry, at the Yam, as they went down the Yordei Hayam, says the Medrash, they went down into the sea. They, they said, Zekeli van Veyu. Zekeli van Veyu is a very different kind of statement. Zekeli means, this is my God. As I'll say, whenever you hear the word Ze in the Torah, this, it means there was a pointing. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to Moshe Rabbeinu, when God said to Moses, this is the month for you. This is your month, the month of Nisan. So he points and he shows him, this is what the new moon looks like. The Yorde Hayam were able to point. They had such a clear vision, such a clear revelation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, of God. They saw everything. They were able to see the entire picture, as it were. We have to be careful. Hagshama means we're not allowed to give any kind of image to God. God is not physical. It's forbidden to believe that, to think about it that way. But they were able to see the big picture. That's what it seems to me. Moshe Rabbeinu himself later on was not able to ask for that ability. It was a one-time deal. Actually, we'll find out there was another time, but we'll get to that. These angelic beings who carry the throne of God's glory. 
they don't know what God looks like, as it were. But they need to sing, they need to praise God. They say, we don't know what He looks like, we don't know where He is. We don't know if He's here, if He's there. Even though in the song it goes, Hashem is here, Hashem is there, Hashem is truly everywhere. We don't know where Hashem is. We don't. We can't relate to to God in that way. He's not confined by space. So the the highest, these angels have the most direct connection to God. They're carrying His throne, as it were. They're the ones who are doing His bidding, doing His will. That's what it means to carry His throne. The Jewish people also are our souls are connected to the throne of God. It means that He rides upon us. It manifests through us. And yet the Chayas, these angels, they say, we don't know where He is. From His place, wherever that may be. Blessed is the honor of God from its place. Interesting here, and I don't know the Pshat in this, but it says here, when they came up from the sea, before we talked about the Yorde Hayam, they went down into the sea, which we will see. I, I do have a thought about that. But the Oile Hayam, perhaps we'll have a thought about Oile Hayam as well. It's a different experience. The Jewish people have a different experience than the angels. The angels can't, can't point. They don't know where he is, as it were. But somehow, in some conceptual way, we need to understand what it means. It's not literal. But the Jewish people were able to point and say, This is God. This is where he is. This is my God. I shall glorify him. God says to the Jewish people, this was a one-time deal. This was a one-time deal. In this world, it was one time. You were there at Yamsuf, you said, this is my God. You, you were able to identify me. You were able to have a true perception of me. In the future, you're going to say this twice. It's not just a one-time deal. And as the Mephoshim say, it's not just twice. It means... The second time is a charm. The second time is forever. On that day, which is a reference to when the Mashiach comes, when the Messiah arrives, the future time, we will say like this, This is our God. This is our God. Behold, this is our God. We were waiting for Him and He saved us. Zashem. I'm sorry. This is our God, and we will rejoice with Him. We will rejoice in His salvation. Okay? So there's going to be a future time where we're going to say it. We're never going to stop saying it. So, what is the concept here? What does this mean? What does it mean we point to God and we can say, we see Him, we don't, we can't see God. can't can't talk about Akshama, you can't talk about any physical uh, description of God. Right? As the Pasuk tells us, the Jews, even though when they were at Harsinai, they saw God as it were. Larry some Kaltmuna, they didn't see any picture. They had an experience of God. They they did some kind of seeing, not a literal seeing, but a, an all encompassing like when you see something, you see a whole picture. A picture's worth a thousand words. They had an all encompassing perception of God. Why was that unique? I mean, we see it by Sinai, but somehow it was more unique, it seems, by Yamsuf. By Yamsuf. 
as the Jewish people came down into the sea, Yordei Hayam, Hayam, going down into the sea, coming up from the sea, somehow signifies a unique experience that even Moshe Rabbeinu afterwards will ask for and not be able to receive. It's something that was only at that time, in that moment, and we will get in the future time when the Messiah arrives. So what is the meaning of this experience? Why did the Jews have the merit for this experience? Why specifically at this moment in the sea? Why is it indeed? I'd like to share with you another medrash, which quotes a part of our medrash, and I believe that this medrash gives us the hint to try to, to be able to understand what it means that the Jewish people had this unique experience. Once, it was then, afterwards, never again, until the future time when we will all have that experience for all time. It says that Hashem speaks to, to Moshe Rabbeinu, to Moses, from on top of the kaporis, from on top of the covering of the ark. Pasuk says, another Pasuk in Vayikra, beginning of Vayikra, Leviticus, which we recently read, it says that Moshe Rabbeinu heard God speak from inside of the tent. So you might think, maybe it's the sound is reverberating through the, throughout the entire tent. That's why this Pasuk says, and it's in Bamidbar, it's in Parshas Nasai, this Pasuk says that God spoke to him from above the Kaporis. The voice would be heard from on top of the covering of the Urna Kaidish. Maybe it's emanating from the entire top of the Aaron, the entire Kapiris. The voice would come out from between the two Kruvim, the two angelic figures that were on top of the Aaron. From between them, a voice would come out. That was the voice of God. Moshe Rabbeinu would hear that voice alone. This is what Rabbi Kiva says. I'm not going to um, dispute what Rabbi Akiva said, but I, I'd like to add something to it. We find that in regards to God's honor, the verse tells us that the entire world, all of reality, 13.8 billion light years across, the entire reality is filled with God's glory. It bespeaks God's glory. The entire world, all of nature, awesome design, complexity, Unbelievable things. All of it speaks God's God's honor. The entire universe is singing to God. The birds are singing to God. The trees are singing to God. We sing to God. Really, God's voice is speaking everywhere. You can hear it everywhere. But what does the Pasuk tell us? That because of the love that Hashem has for the Jewish people, he, he squeezes His voice between the Kruvim. The Kruvim which represent the love of God for the Jewish people. Our relationship with Him, that loving relationship. They're embracing. God is always embracing us. And from between, from the middle of that embrace, God's voice is heard. So God could, you know, you could find God everywhere. But the place to hear His voice the most clearly is in the Mikdash. On the Aaron. Aaron, of course, represents the Torah. That's where his voice is heard. But that relationship that we have between God and us is where God speaks the most, the most clearly, concentrated. Rabdesa continues and says 
The verse tells us that when Moshe Rabbeinu, we saw the beginning of this, Moshe Rabbeinu asked, please God, show me your honor. Hashem responded and said, no one can see me and live. No one can see me and live. Now hear this carefully, because the Jewish people did see him, as it were, in the Yamsuf. But when he came, so they were able to get a full revelation. But Moshe Rabbeinu was not, because uh, Hashem says, you can't see me and live. So we need to understand, think, think about this. That means that at some level, they weren't living when they were in the Yamsuf. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to this. Let's hear what the measure says here. The experience of God cannot be, you can't experience God and stay alive. In a person's lifetime, they can't experience God fully. But when a person dies, at the time when they're about to pass on from the world, they can. Pasuk says in Tehillim in Psalms, chapter 22, verse 31, Before God shall bow down all those who go down into the dust, and whose soul is no longer alive. Those who are dead have a, have a full experience of God. Rabbi Kiva says, He says, It says, And live. And shall live. He won't be able to see God and live. Vachai, the Vav adds on something. Could have said, A person who's alive can't see me. What does it say? Vachai, and live. So Rabbi Kiva Darshans, he understands that the extra Vav, the extra letter Vav, teaches us something. It's adding something. What does it add? He says, something else that's Chai. Something else that's alive. The Chayos HaKodesh. The angels are called Chayos. A Chaya is a living being. These are the living spiritual beings. Means that these spiritual beings, the angels can't see God, as we saw. They're carrying the throne of God, but they can't experience fully God's honor. Rabbi Shimon ben Azi says a similar thing as we saw before. I'm not going to disagree with what Rabbi said, with what Rabbi Akiva said. I'd like to add something. They live forever. They can't see God's honor. Says the Medrash. God spoke to Moshe. The Malach Yashars could not experience this. This is an important point. What is the significance of the fact? Why is the Medrash pointing out that a Malach can't hear God's voice? Like a Malach can't have that revelation. Like a Malach can't know, as we saw before in the other Medrash, he can't know where is God. But a person can. A human being can have that experience. Zechariah, we said it then. And we're going to say it again. When Mashiach comes, when the Messiah arrives. So, what is it about us that's better than a Malach, that's better than an angel? Completely spiritual being. God's voice came out like a like a uh, through a ceiling. It's a it's like a very concentrated, straight voice coming straight into Moshe Rabbeinu's ear. Even though there were angels all around, they couldn't hear. Only Moshe was able to hear. So they were in the middle. God will raise up his voice in wonders. God spoke only to him. So I'd like to bring out from the second Medrash something which I think really explains the first Medrash and I think it's very deep and it's important and 
certainly it's important to take home with us out of the corona experience that we've had over the last year. And bichlal in life. Bichlal in life. The message is telling us like this, a person can't experience God fully and, and be alive. You can't see the full picture while one is alive. You can't see it. When a person is about to die, they can see it. Why is that? What is the Medrash saying? I believe that the Medrash is saying that there's a unique experience of a human being that only a human being can have, no angel can have. The Jewish people called Yorde Hayam. They go down into the sea. What is the Yam? What is the sea? The sea is a place where there's no life, for human beings at least. You can't live under the water. Not only that, HaKadosh Baruch Hu cleared out the water, there was no life at all there. Not even sea, sea creatures were living there. The Egyptians come into the water, what happens? Into that same space as the Jews were? The water comes crashing down on them. It's not a place for life. It's a place that represents complete and utter destruction of ego. The Jewish people call the Yorde Hayam and the Oile Hayam. They go down into the sea. They go down when Maishu Rabbeinu is up on Har Sinai and asks God, please show me your honor. I want to see you the way we saw you then. God says, no. This is not, this is not said anywhere. This is my own chiddush, my own thought. I think in concept, it's absolutely true. Maishu Rabbeinu is standing on Har Sinai. He's above everybody else. He's high. He's so high. You can't experience God fully if you are higher than everybody else. Climbing that mountain and getting to the top, you know what happens when you get there? You can't help but look down and say, wow, look what I did. That is not, that's not the place to say, there you can only see HaKadosh Baruch from the back, as it were. You can't see the full picture. The Jewish people who went down, they were Yorde Hayam. They were able to be Oile Hayam to come out of the sea because they were Yorde Hayam, they went down into the sea. The Jewish people were crushed. They were crushed by their difficulties. They were crushed by their back-breaking labor. They were crushed as slaves. They were crushed to nothing. To nothing. Yorde Hayam. Egyptians on one side, the water on the other side, nowhere to go. Just go into the sea. The end. The end of you. Nowhere else to go. Absolute, absolutely crushed. Absolutely destroyed. That's where you have a full revelation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Zekeli is only possible to say where there's a full revelation. In the last time we spoke about it, we spoke about these children that they were under the, the earth and they were coming to get them. The Egyptians were trying to throw them, throw them into the sea, destroy them, kill them. They were complete. The Medrash is saying a similar idea. They were completely decimated. Completely destroyed. That is where there's a full revelation. Now, this sounds very, uh, very, um, uh, what's the word? Masochistic. Sounds very like, oh, we're, we don't ask for problems, right? But if you've ever experienced any problems, you know you come out the other side a stronger person. I saw, I think the Medjish was teaching us. This Medjish is teaching us they were the Yorde Hayam. This is an awesome day. The last day of Pesach. That's what the matzah is also. The matzah is the, the lechem oini. Crushed. There's no leavening. There's no hubris. There's no anything. It's crushed. The poor man's bread. You want 
that that sense of chayrus, that true freedom, which is spirituality, you can't get it on top of a mountain. You can bring it down from the mountain to Klai Yisrael, perhaps, but you can't get that full revelation. You can only get it on the bottom of the sea. The bottom of the sea is where you find that revelation. The angels can't access this. They're too high up. It's only a human being. The Jewish people have been gone through gullus. We've been trampled. We've been crushed. Holocausts, inquisitions, tachvetat, chmelnikis, Spanish, the Gerush Svarad, kicked out of this country, kicked out of that country, crusades, crushed, crushed, crushed. What is the result of us being crushed? We come through on the bottom of the sea where the Yorde Hayam. It's a culmination of the Exodus. The culmination of Yitzhiya Mitzrayim is we go down into the sea. We complete, Hashem says, just walk into the sea. Just give yourselves up. Give yourselves up to me. Don't daven now. No praying. When you pray, it's, you think it's you. No, walk into the sea. Walk into the sea. Be crushed. And there at the bottom of the sea, we find out that the opposite is true. When I crush myself, as it were, when I give myself up to God completely, it's even, it's even greater than what Moshe Rabbeinu was able to accomplish on Har Sinai, at the highest heights, receiving the entire Torah for all time, for Kali for the Jewish people for all time. Greatest prophet ever. The Jewish people had an experience. They saw everything. And we also... After such a long gullus, after so many challenges, so many difficulties, we're starting to see the light. Here in Eretz Yisrael, where six million Jews, Kibbutz Goliath, the beginning of the ingathering of the exiles, Mashiach himself will come, hopefully Bezrat Hashem soon, bring everyone else back, return all the Jewish people to the land. How does that happen? Because we're the Yorde Hayam. We went down to the sea. That represents all the challenges, the culmination of the, all the challenges and difficulties. We went down. We go down, and that's where we get the full revelation. We are able to hear the voice. shows us His love in that embrace, in that constriction, in that very small space. His whole, the whole world is filled with God's honor. and You can find God everywhere. It's in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. It's in the Holy of Holies. The Jewish people have a unique relationship with God. We experience God on a deeper level because of our travails, because of our challenges. The death of the 24,000 students of Rabbi Akiva was a prerequisite for there to be five students of Rabbi Akiva. We still don't, we can't forget the deaths of Rabbi Akiva's students because we need to know that the only way to get to the next place, to the next level, the higher level, is through those challenges, through the being crushed. We fight being crushed because we don't want to be, we don't want to feel unpleasant. We don't want to feel hurt. We fight against God and we say, God, I don't want this. I don't want these problems. But the message of the Medrash is that that being kind of being crushed, that kind of being crushed, that kind of 
giving up one's ego. Moshe Rabbeinu was an Adam. He couldn't, you know, he was the most humble of all men. On top of Arsina by himself, like Kodesh Baruch Hu. No people. Just him, God. Speaking openly like a friend. One person speaks to another. Kodesh Baruch Hu doesn't give that full revelation there. It's only after being crushed, going down to the sea, and after 2,000 years of Golis being crushed, we get the full revelation at the end of time. I want to bless you and ask you to bless me. Kodesh Baruch Hu should help us to take home this message, to recognize the significance, the depth of what this day is about, of what the last day of Pesach is about, going into the sea. Kodesh Baruch Hu should help us to utilize all of our challenges and difficulties to, to deepen our relationship with Him, to lose ourselves and find Him. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos and a wonderful last day of Pesach. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.